comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. DCTV podcast episode number 48 and uh, we have some awesome uh, uh, seasonal finales uh, we had really good episodes this week I thought all four episodes were really strong this week um, spoiler yeah. alert only one oh, B yeah. and three A's for me anyway joining me this week as always on our trip through uh, a great week of DCTV he is the fog he is thick with justice Mr. Daryl Taylor hello Evildoers. And the guy that gave Blue Swallow her name, Rich the Chub Toad Sheldon. Well, I mean, it was better than Spitz. Oh, you just had to, like, okay. Yeah, I handed you a great, great setup on a silver platter, and that's what you do with it. Huh? That, like, you, uh, there, there's the worst, like, there's what is, what is going to be the is worst? Too, can we call Jerry? Is it too late to get Jerry in? Shoot <laughs> <laughs> around, because, I mean, we can swap them out, you know. Because what what is the worst name for a female superhero is Blue Swallow. And he just, I didn't think it could get worse than that. No, no, he, he went, found went right for it. Like, he found it. Yeah. Don't I, edit I, this out either. It's oh, like no, Castle Book. Not. I, I set it up and he, he swung for the, the lowest bleacher possible. It's almost <laughs> like you have a book of what's the worst names and you just, you were ready. You were ready. How y'all doing? Still not as bad as the French tickler. But anyway. Absolute worst superhero name of all time. Anywho, we had a really strong week of DCTV. We only had four shows this week. Um, we also had some news coming up. I uh, wanted to mention real quick, Daryl and I uh, guest starred on a recent episode of It's All Connected, the Marvel movie or and TV podcast, Marvel Universe, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, because all that stuff over there, it's all connected. It felt kind of weird. It felt like going to the dark side. You know, like I was, uh, yeah. like I, almost like I was betraying my country or something. But uh, if you want to listen to that, if you ever wonder what we thought of Agents of Shield, check that out. We talked about the season finale of Shield, which was pretty, pretty badass. Oh yeah, yeah, um, pretty good stuff. Cool. Very cool. But let's talk about our season finales here. We'll start with Supergirl, Human for a Day, and uh, that's uh, episode seven, season one, of course. And hats off, DC uh, Television Universe. You made Jem, son of Saturn, a badass. Did never thought that'd be yep. possible. It was yes. almost like it kind of reminded me of like evil Kelsey Grammer. Kind of. He had giant <laughs> I, 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 I didn't think that, that, but now, yeah, I see. Yeah, that's like evil, evil Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. Uh, Jem, uh, son of Saturn, was was featured. Uh, but there was another alien that was featured on this oh, episode yeah. that uh, I think. We we can let's do like a virtual high five over Skype right now because we totally yeah, called right. this. You sure yes, did. we did. We totally called it months ago. 
We did. Uh, months and months ago, our, our friend Hank Henshaw is actually our friend John Jones, the Oreo-loving Martian Manhunter. Damn eyes. <laughs> and and we not only did we call it, we pretty much re- we pretty much called the entire scenario. Yep. Yes, we did. Yep, the way it all played out with him yes. over Hank Henshaw and not being him and his, his dad dying to, to save his life. Yep. Go back. It's on the podcast. You can hear it. We did. You did it. Totally did. There's we, still a small part of me that wishes that minuscule chance of it being dark side would have been true, but still, love it, John Jones. Yeah, uh, come on, man. I think uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure they're going to save Dark Side for that Justice League crossover. Yeah, they're not going to use them for TV. Yeah, uh, and, yeah. I don't think, oh yeah. I don't think they would use them on TV either. But it was it was cool to see that character, uh, especially played by this actor. I thought it was really really well. Yeah. Yeah. If anything, they should use. Uh, they could use Desparo. The Blue Sparrow. No, the Desparo. Oh, Despero, yeah. Despero, yeah. Oh, yeah. For, for TV, I mean. I thought you said the Blue Sparrow again. No, 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 what? not the Blue <laughs> Despero, yeah. The, 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 he's, he's enough of a warlord, right. evil, yeah, yeah, powerful threat that could uh, he could, an he could take that place of, of Dark Side. There are so many. I mean, Mongol could too. The Mongol as well, but yeah, it's one of those ultra powerful aliens that you know just likes to mess with Superman a lot. So. Mm-hmm. Definitely, he could show up too. Since we left uh, Kara in our last episode, she's powerless. All right. Uh, after her uh, her solar flare with Red Tornado, evidently this is something Superman has done because uh, James Olsen tells her so. Uh, it drained uh, her Kryptonian cells of all their solar energy, and they'll need time to recharge you know, like a battery. So they say. Uh, Kara shows up at work seizing, and Cat sends her the hell out of there because Cat is a germaphobe big time. We had a little w, WB or um, slash CW moment with James and Lucy, uh, but immediately and uh, soon thereafter, a an earthquake hits National City. Dio's power goes out, and Gem, son of Saturn, an alien with telepathic powers, who we know from comics from back in the that was a uh, Gene Colwin creation, I think, in DC in the eighties. Might have been Roy Thomas and Gene Colin. Anyway, I think it was Colin. I don't remember when though. I yeah, thought it was, yeah. Definitely, definitely eighties. I remember. It, you, uh, Grant Morrison used him in his JLA run actually, um, with the, uh, the his version of the Injustice Gang. Uh, but anyway, kind of a, a, um, a B or C list character from the DCU mm-hmm. uh, being used here as kind of a uh, an alien uh, telepath uh, um, villain, very much like in the vein of you know. Hannibal Lecter or Loki or someone that needs to be kept under wraps. And he gets loose inside the DEO's facility. And if he can get to the security area, he will let loose all of the creatures that they're holding and aliens that are holding down there and make his way to the surface. So uh, Alex Danvers and Hank Henshaw and their crew are dealing with that. Uh, Meanwhile, Maxwell Lord jumps on the uh, TV to diss on Supergirl for not being around, but you know Supergirl has her own problems. She has a broken arm now from the from the uh, the earthquake. Kara feels really bad and uh, wants to like kind of stand up for Supergirl, so goes down with James Olsen to take some pictures of Maxwell Lord, mm-hmm. and she kind of like says, you know, don't you think Super kind of defends Supergirl? And as this is happening, a guy uh, has a, who has internal injuries bleeds out, and there's no way they can save him. Uh, turns out Maxwell Lord is a man, did medical school in one year. Kara is really shaken by this because she wasn't able to help anyone. Uh, she wasn't able to save that guy's life. Right. Uh, meanwhile, Alex and, and Henshaw and crew, Henshaw and two of the agents of D go in after this guy. Henshaw says he's going to go in after this guy. 
and Alex that immediately makes Alex suspicious. Uh, mm-hmm. So she goes after him. It's kind of like an alien thing, you know. What I mean, they have like the, the headsets, you know, they show their points of view. They had the the thermal detector to tell him when they were you know, he was nearby, you know. It was but, a really cool sequence. It was fun. They're in, they're dealing with this all this earthquake situation. Um, you know, Carrie's just feeling helpless and licking the blood on her hand, and James tries to give her a pep talk. Uh, as they're doing this, someone tries to rob, uh, you know, a local, like, bodega or whatever, and she's like, you know, I cannot just sit by and let this happen. She dresses in the Supergirl uh, outfit and talks the guy down without her powers. Yeah, Definitely her, her Emmy nod scene. It was it was a good scene, though, the way they had yeah. that acted, and then Wynn was able to actually prove himself by hooking up a live feed from Cat's office to everyone in National City, so right. Cat Grant could deliver an inspirational speech. Uh, since Supergirl wasn't around. And then at the same time, you know, they cut between that and Supergirl talking this guy down who's holding Oh, yeah. It, it got it got really yeah. cheesy. That was that was the cheesiest scene when I found myself just uh, grinning. It, it got to me anyway. You know what? It worked. It worked. Though, it worked. I, and you know what? Objectively, it may have been what... cheesy, but I loved it. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, as I describe it to you in the recap, it sounds kind of cheesy, but, but it worked. You know, it worked in context of the show. Because mm-hmm. it yep. kind of reminds you what sets Supergirl and Superman apart from the other heroes. Right, right. It's that they are actually heroes, even if they didn't have their powers, mm-hmm. they would you know be doing heroic things. I Alex and Donovan you know, disobey Hank, and they go out after him. They find two dead the two dead agents, but their inhibitors are still intact. That means Hank lied to them about the inhibitors. Um, Donovan doesn't get his inhibitor on in time, and uh, Jem takes. Yeah, the because you fine. just. The, my problem with that scene... Why did you put it on before you got out there? Like, my, why? As soon my, as you find it and it's working, why don't you just throw it on right away like right, like right, Alex right, did? Like, yeah. he just sat there staring at it and talking. It's like, no. Plus, when you know there's a dangerous telepath on the loose... You, can you right put them control. on right away. Yes. I, Absolutely. Like, yeah, that that's bothered. not how it was in the script. I know. I know. Just, it, that was the one <laughs> thing that bothered me with the pausing. Like, uh... Oh, I was going to stare at it and have a conversation about this thing not working. Uh, Hank uh, Hank grabs Alex and draws her into a control room uh, before Donovan can do any damage to her. Uh, but Alex does not trust Henshaw at this point and handcuffs him to a wall. Right. Tells him to stay there and then calls out Jem. Uh, tells him you know to meet her in the in the control room and they'll have this out once and for all. Mm-hmm. So she has like some booby traps set up in there, a couple of grenades. She plugs him all full of all kinds of bullets, direct hits all. She even like shoots a little gem off its head. Sure it does. Which is shows some good marksmanship, I think. Hell yeah! Yep. And then that really, really pisses him off. <laughs> so as he comes at her, um, the scaffolding falls down from above, and there's Hank Henshaw saving her butt from getting kicked by Gem. He tells her, hey, I am not the enemy. But still, Alex you know, has a million questions, even though he saved her life. Right. They're, we cut back to Catco. Um, while, you know, the inspir- Kara's back there, and as he, you know, she, she's still powerless. But she feels good about what she, she did, talking that guy down with a gun. Just as that is going on, there's a gas explosion on the floor, uh, uh, on the floor above them. Uh, there are people trapped on the floor above that. Um, they decide to try to go through the elevator shaft. Uh, James Olsen kind of shows his metal here mm-hmm. by climbing up, you know, a 30-story 30, 30 deep elevator shaft to get the people out from up there. 
like four or five people. He brings them down the ladder, and as he's swinging back on the cable, he gets kind of stuck, and the cable starts to snap. Uh, when earlier I told Supergirl that if she got like a rush of Kryptonian adrenaline, that might kickstart her system back into having her powers. Um, that adrenaline rush happens when James is about to fall to his death. Yeah, that's uh, that's the <laughs> yeah. That he is made the... me have my powers back. It was like that a, a man was dying, and you're like losing your mind trying to you're straining your right. eyes trying to do you know like X-ray vision and all that kind of stuff like. Your adrenaline had to been pumping. That didn't work. Uh, you're in a you're you're in a store trying to save the store owner from being shot. There's a guy with a with pointing a gun at you, where he could kill you right there. That doesn't get your adrenaline going either, right? But, but neither James, of them were hunky James Olsen. With James hanging from the the thing, because it it didn't feel like it was that far apart, like the time. The time no, frame it wasn't. didn't seem it was that far apart. It was later that day, yeah, right? No so, time. so to come back that to to get them for that particular reason and not get them for the other reasons, it just it just was like uh, okay, a little, a little too convenient for me. That, that was my one down. That was that was the one thing about this episode that that was a downer. I, I would think is that part. Yeah, that kind of frustrated me too. Also, why the, you know that guy with the inhibitor, and why I don't, what I don't understand is why the inhibitors were still on, and yet they died. Hey, right, I really explain right. that too well either. Like if they said, "Oh, their necks have been cracked," you know, because he's super strong, I would get it. Like that would that would. Hey everybody, Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, after the fight is over and the dust is kind of settled at the DEO, uh, Alex confronts Hank about his secret, and he gives her the big reveal. Uh, her dad, Jeremiah Danvers. Uh, helped Hank and Shaw track down a, um, a, a rogue alien in, in Peru. Uh, Dr. Danvers realized that the alien was no threat, the alien was peaceful, but Hank Henshaw wanted to, you know, weaponize him and, and drag him back as, as almost like a trophy or whatever. Um, Jeremiah Danvers fought the real Hank Henshaw to the death and, like, sacrificed his life to save the alien's life. And that alien, being John Jones, the shapeshifter, uh, took over Hank Henshaw's uh, identity and promised Alex's dad that he would look out for her. When he he had that when his voice kind of had that little catch, like he was gonna cry. Mm-hmm. That that sold it for me. Yeah, he told the story, yeah. and then yeah, it just yeah. it was yeah the way he told it was really I thought it was a good scene. Because before this, he's been very stern with her. Because um, I just didn't think he would be the evil cyborg thing. Because he was stern with Alex in a way, but he, but it almost felt like he he was stern with her to help her. Right. Like it was for her own good type of thing. And he was more, very protective of her the whole time. And it makes sense of why Hank was a jerk in the flashback because that wasn't Martian Manhunter. Right. That right, was, that was real the real Hank. Hank. That was the real Hank, and he was a jerk. I mean, he mm-hmm. was obsessed with killing, you know, aliens and right. going after aliens. He was obsessed with it. So, so John Jones is able to get the DEO back together, mm-hmm. but to use it in you know a more peaceful way or whatever. Than it's the a perfect way to do it. I mean, if you're going to go back and be the like, if you're in charge, this is the best way to make sure that aliens that are not evil are not treated as if they are. So she, uh, John basically tells her that, you know, she can't tell everyone, 
she can't tell anyone, even her sister. And you know, it's, it has to be their secret. Which was um, weird. Why? Why they would do that? Why he didn't want her to tell her sister? Yeah, I don't understand why he's keeping it from Kara either. It doesn't seem. I mean, he, I would think you know, if he told one, he would want to tell the other. Or, Unless he's scared of maybe her dealing with an alien that can read her mind. Maybe. He says, because yeah, he said, well, before he tells um, Alex all this, he says, you know, there's only one other person that knows the truth. Are you sure you want to hear this? Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering who the one other person is. Maybe it's Superman. Could be. I mean, Superman would, would know by, you know, x-ray vision that his internal organs weren't human, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. So at the end of the episode, uh, Kara suits up a Supergirl to thank Cat Grant for inspiring the city and her. Kara's flying off and feeling good about herself, and all of a sudden, wham! Incoming Kryptonian evil dudes. Mm-hmm. Grabbing Kara and taking her down to see Aunt Astra. Yeah, it ain't over. That's exactly what Aunt Astra says. Did you think this was over, dear niece? And thus ends episode seven of Supergirl. I give this one a B. There are a couple things there that were kind of sketchy. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know why those agents had to die and their receptors still worked. I'm not sure why the one guy didn't just throw the receptor on as soon as he got... You know, they're just little things that kind of... Little things that probably the director... It, it, it probably yeah. had issues because of the way that it would, they were directed. Other than that, I mean, for the most part, it, it worked. Oh, and you know what it bothered me too? The It didn't bother me because it was written badly because I could see someone doing that. Uh, homie, I know you in love with Kara. I get it. Oh, yeah, the whole weird thing, yeah. But Kara was hugging James because they had a moment. Calm yourself down. Like, I I get it. It hurts you that she ain't in love with you like that. I get it. But she didn't jump on top of James trying to take him away from his girlfriend. Right. Like, they had a well, moment and they hugged. Right, and why in every episode do we at least have to have one or two of his wounded puppy scenes, you know? He definitely it, played Ducky, for real. Like, yeah. that whole thing of yelling at her, you can't have a, reg- a normal yeah. relationship. You You're can't have a regular... guy. You're like, hold up, hold up. Who are you to say that? Who are you to say she can't have a... a re- it would never be, like, a regular relationship like a, two humans would have. It would be different issues. But she could have a relationship with somebody. Totally. So for you to, it wasn't, you didn't say this to her because that's the case and she has to be better than that. You oh, said no, it's you're saying it to her because it's just straight jealousy and I wish she had called him on it instead of, I hate that she's acting like she doesn't notice that this dude is in love with her. It's too obvious. Yeah. And women know, women know. Well, I mean, yeah. she says that thing to him of, uh, wow, it seems like you've spent a long time thinking about my romantic entanglements or whatever. You know what I mean? She had that one line about that, and so I'm, right. I and think it, she, she is noticing. It was kind of sarcastic. She yeah, because she said it kind of sarcastically. Yeah, I think she notices. Yeah, so it, you it, there's no way for her not to notice. It's too obvious, but it just bothered me that he um, that he was just allowed to say what he said to her, and that and she was apologizing for it. I think that that's terrible. Like, I think that was just totally BS. I mean, you, you're only yelling at her for one thing because you're mad that she's in love with someone else. Or not even... I don't think she's in love. I mean, she, they're not in a relationship. But, I mean, I, she's 
attracted to someone else. And she's not attracted to you that way. You're in you're in that zone. You're in the friend zone and you yep. don't want to be in the friend zone. Which I understand that part. That's cool. I get it. I get that. But uh, but be an adult, be a man about it. If you're not gonna tell her that you into her and that's why you were upset, then don't then shut up about it all everything else. Like don't come at her all crazy. Because it was almost like he was trying to make her it was like he was trying to bring her down. Like you can't have love. You can't have you know, like it was really it was really uh Well yeah, he's trying to break her down subconsciously because then that way when she can't be with anybody but he's there for her. Yeah, he that's not a friend. Guy. Like you What he doesn't realize is it's gonna come back to bite him in the butt. you know, one of a couple of different scenarios. Either, you know, he ends up just being that friend forever and but he's not really been a beneficial friend as far as, you know, he he's got his own agenda. Or she does end up seeing you outside that friend zone and then starts to think about all these things you said and then realizes you're a dick. Well, you can't be mad. Like for real, you can't be mad at her because you don't have the courage to tell her how you feel. Like you, like if I can see if you write to her bingo. and you, and you deal with it and she's like, you know what? I don't feel the same way. You just got to take, you got to eat it. And nothing you can do about that. You got to, you got to take yep. that. You got to move on. Either you could be friends with her still or, you can't, but uh, um, to just turn it around and be like, no, you can't, you know, like, you got to be better than that. You're, you're, you're Supergirl. You can't, well, you I mean, can't she's, have a regular relationship. She's yeah, like, she's, he's imposing all his limitations on her. Yes, totally. What she can do, and, like, totally. he's in no position to do so. None, none at all. Like, that is totally uh, was the wrong thing to do. I just wish that she had called him on it. I really did. But yeah, I agree. I give it a, a, a B plus. Um, I thought it was, you know, it was a really good episode. A lot of stuff I really wanted to see. But all right, so uh, Chubb gave it a B. I gave it a B. What do you give it? I, I give it a B as well. Okay. Um, let's move on to the Flash episode nine, season two, the uh, winter season finale. Snuck that Christmas episode on us. I didn't yep, even realize yeah, it was a Christmas sure episode. Running to stand still. Running to stand yeah. still, which is a good YouTube song, I guess. I didn't know that. This is uh, probably this is one of my favorite episodes of the season. I really enjoyed this a lot. This it really? was it reminded me of a really good uh, issue of a Flash comic book. Huh. You know, because I even see I, I could even see the cover of the comic with like Weather Wizard, Captain mm-hmm. Cold, and the Trickster on it. You know. Triple threat for the Flash, you know that kind of thing. Um, there were just, a lot of feels in this episode. There were quite, a few, there were a few feels in this episode. As yes, well. yes, they did. They did um, have plus, a lot. kind of uh, give Patty's character a more, uh, kind of give Patty's character a little more dimension, a little more depth, a little more yeah to to work with there. I thought for a moment he was gonna reveal. Yeah, I did too. The one scene where she like kind of confesses to him. Yeah. I thought, sure, he was going to take off his I was like, come on, take off the mask, Barry. You took it off for Kendra Saunders last episode. I totally <laughs> thought he was going to do that. Yeah. But you won't take it off for Patty, really? Well, at least he's thinking. I mean, because if he did, yeah. whether whether it would be right there listening. Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, this episode started with Harrison Wells running down a, a hallway, like running down an alleyway, uh, uh, running in Star Labs, going out of his mind. 
and Zoom stopping him. That's like a horror, man. When you mess with Zoom, that's like a, that's like it. it uh, right. There's assaults where he like he's running, he gets into the lab, he finds this mm-hmm. one like gun or whatever, and tries to shoot Zoom with it, but Zoom is way too fast, and it kind of do the slow mo thing, so you can yep. see him just totally miss. And um, yeah, we we don't we don't get to see a resolution or what happened to the you know with this until later when we find out. I knew he was going to be compromised though. So as soon as he. Uh... He yeah. said Merry Christmas, and then he come as soon as he was still alive and showed up. Yeah, yep. I already was like, you, "You're compromised now." Yeah, because Zoom is holding him by his throat. Yeah, you know? and he's like, "Go ahead, do it, kill me." You know, Zoom says, "Merry Christmas, Harris." This has been the theme though of I won't kill you because you want to die. I kill the people that you love. Yep, and it's also a recurring theme of. Harrison Wells trying to get the Flash to run faster. Yeah, that too. Only for a different yeah. motive now. Yeah. Because we find at the end of the episode <laughs> that Harrison Wells has agreed to help Zoom. Zoom wants to fatten up the Flash like a Christmas goose. Mm-hmm. That's Harrison, that's Harrison, uh, Harry, Harrison Wells, verse 2, puts it. Uh, so then he could take the speed for you know, even more speed force from him. Can, I wish, they need to, to explain, uh, the Harrison Ford thing of him being alive and dead. Like, he's running around like it's... I mean, not Harrison Ford. I'm thinking of Star Wars. He survived the plane crash, Daryl. He survived. (laughs) That's true. He made up with Chewie, so it's okay. Um, No, I mean, uh, with... um, With the way that Patty responded to him would be the way that other... I would think other cops would respond as well, because it's not like he's not a well-known... There's that one part well later where and Patty's like, "Well, you don't even know about Harrison Wells." Oh, I've right. said too much. Like she knows. <laughs> like explain, yeah, because she tried to kill him. Like explain, like at least have it that with the chief or something. Have it explained or somewhere. Like figure out something because he's not exactly hiding as he's running around the city. No. That that's just the only weird thing about it was that you shot the guy. Uh, I haven't seen Joe give you an explanation yet. Like everything is just cool. You you don't like. I just don't see her shooting this dude one minute and he's supposed to be a criminal, and then the next she just letting it go. Well, I think she was more obsessed with uh, Martin in this episode. She was, but before she learned about Martin, she was yeah. making out with uh, Barry. I just don't see her being that yeah. cool with it. Yeah. Like, why are you harboring a fugitive? How can he be alive? We saw him, you know, everybody saw him and die. If that's the guy, why, yeah, why is he in jail right now? Like, right. if he's right. not dead. Like, I just, she's by the book for the most part until this, but I just don't see her being... She hasn't worked with him that long to cover for that, to cover up like that. So I just... I guess they didn't have time in the script to explain it because maybe that was something that got cut away. Well, that or it could be the whole thing of, you know, I mean, imagine if you suddenly saw, you know, you saw Elvis, you know, are you going to go run around? Hey, I saw it. You know, you're going to sound like a lunatic. You want to investigate it more. So maybe she just was waiting to try to, you know, put her mind in check. But she questions everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. But. She's not a dumb cop at all. Like, no, this is, this is somebody where she went in. She went in that in that uh, place. She saw this dude, and she shot him. Mm-hmm. And your partner runs in there and says to you, "Get out! Get out! 
no explanation now. He didn't say that this is him from another world, which he could have said. Like, listen. She's on the metahuman squad. She's supposed to be able to deal with weird right. stuff, you know? Right. Like, this is just, listen, this is a dude from one of the other worlds. We, we, she already knows that they've come from other worlds, from other cases. So just say that. And uh, and the rest we can't really get into right now. So I don't know. I, that's the only thing that kept bothering me about it a little bit is that there were no the whole show she never they never have that moment to deal with it and he and on top of that he's running around this is not a city that's like uh star city where all the cops are dead like this is a city where <laughs> more of their cops are alive than not they would see him running around you know we start off with uh mark martin the weather wizard he's back he breaks into iron heights he gets out two uh, of the, the residents there. One being Mr. Leonard Snart, because he owes him from the Con Air episode, if you remember correctly. Yeah. And the other being Mr. Jesse James, a.k.a. the trickster, a.k.a. Mark Hamill doing the, his best Joker imitation without the yeah, makeup. For sure, because, man... Oh, totally. And uh, it's funny, too. He, um, I like when they come into uh, to, uh, uh, Jesse James's uh, cell there. And the wall is just covered with crayon drawings of the Flash, like getting hit with arrows in the head or getting his head cut. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's like yep. a child's drawing of the Flash getting killed. It was great. It was, it was hilarious. Martin brings uh, um, Snart and, uh, Je- and Jesse together and says, you know, we're going to kill the Flash. And uh, Snart's like, you know, where's the angle in this? Or with him? Well, you, know, you shouldn't underestimate him. And so he's not as enthusiastic as uh, as the trickster totally is. He's, you know, mm-hmm. he's a trickster. He's ready to kill the Flash, for sure. Snart not being as enthusiastic actually leads him to tell Barry what Martin and Jesse have in store. He breaks into his home to do so. I mean, it, it was just weird how Barry came home and Snart was there, you know, and Barry's like, oh, yeah. ready to kill him. You know, yeah. Well, nobody... Can, my family. No one has a structure that can lock anyone out in the, in the, <laughs> uh, the DC CW world. Like, right. You can get into anybody's house. It's no big deal. You don't have to break doors or anything. You just find a way to get in their house. Well, obviously, yeah. I see this as kind of like foreshadowing for Legends of Tomorrow. Well, I, yeah, that's what I'm about to say. Right. I mean, we've oh, always, yeah. we've we've always seen that that Snark kind of has a conscience, but it, we definitely see it in this episode to set up towards Legends of Tomorrow. So. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So he tells you know he's you know Barry's like hey you know I think it's because we saved your sister's life and you know got everything else you think feel like you know you don't want a marker out there or whatever and he's like Merry Christmas Barry and he leaves. Um, we also get the subplot where uh, Iris is deciding to tell Joe that he has a son. Uh, Barry says you know she will he will help him, you know or he will help her with that. Um, and she doesn't have to do it by herself. Which I love that scene as well. That was a good one scene. One of her best. One of her and best acting scene. scene. Yeah. And it's kind of a brother-sister thing that they would do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, Patty finds out that Marston is, is uh, out and kind of loses her mind. And is you know, single-mindedly going after him. Um, to You know, Barry's like trying to tell her to not be reckless, not, you know, to calm down. And she's saying, you know, I, I am calm. I'm not being reckless. I'm doing my job. But she's obviously obsessed with taking him down because she, you know, he killed her father. Uh, when he robbed her, him. Um, he goes back. They go back to Star Labs. Cisco has 
Uh, you know, he tells Cisco that he needs him to build the weather wand that he built in the alternate reality, uh, <laughs> the, the timeline that Barry changed. Um, he, so Cisco has to make the MacGuffin to stop the weather wizard that he made in a previous timeline. So he's kind of made it before, but not really. And uh, we get we get um, scenes with Jay Garrick and, and Caitlin where there's kind of a romance going on there. Cisco's like, oh, it's great. Yeah. Still, I, I still, like, it uh, seems like he's still a little bee stung from Kendra. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, he ain't no little bee stung. <laughs> but he, but even even in that, um, as opposed to that jerk in the Supergirl, he his his you know like he just lost the girl that he really liked. His thing is to them is why don't y'all stop beating around the bush and just hook up? Like there's no reason y'all have to be you know, holding back, which I like. Like, that's Cisco. Like, he's positive all the time, even when he's hurting. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. was what he was saying to them. Like, he, it was it was a friendly jab of, hey, on, no one's fooled. You can you can kiss her. It's all yeah. right. <laughs> like, it's not a big deal. Just, just do it. I don't know why you keep beating around the bush. We all know you like each other, so what's the big right. problem? Right. Go for it. Yeah. Um, I, oh, he's something... Such a, He's such a. Um, it bothers me how passive uh, Jay Garrick is. That really ir- it irks me. Yeah, that he's such a passive character. I, I right. just just knowing I just, the knowing the character the way we do, it doesn't seem very Jay Garrick. Right, and 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 even when they described it, they described him as being like a mentor. He doesn't feel like a mentor. He feels like Barry is the one that teaches him more than anybody else. Um, Barry gets drawn into the first trap of the trickster, uh, a bunch of killer dreidels. Yeah. <laughs> and when he gets there, Patty is there, and he found Patty found out the same way he did by following a clue that was in the, the video that he sent. Yeah, very comic booky as well. Yeah, yeah. a bunch of C four dreidels. Uh, Barry gets <laughs> out of it. What are we gonna do? Well, Barry dreidel, gets out dreidel, of it. Dreidel, very... dreidel, I made you out of C four. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Yeah. Um, it was. Uh, Barry gets out of it in a very comic booky way too by making uh, you know those cyclones with his arms and right. pretty much just flying out of there. Yeah, I had no issue with any of it. Now this is where the other scene that we talked about before, where Patty just kind of tells him, you know, that it was kind of her fault. She feels like it's kind of her fault that her dad got killed that day, and then you know she doesn't know why she would tell someone who is a you know a complete stranger all this, uh, but she kind of unloads on Barry really quick and then leaves. To go after uh, Marston and the trickster. It's funny too that Rack- I noticed Flash gave her like the exact same uh, advice that Barry did was not to be reckless. Like the exact same words. I even thought yeah. that she might pick up right. on that. You know. Yeah. It was, but and that was also the scene where I thought he was going to take off his mask. I kind of wish he had, you know, because she was like yeah. really, really like unloading on him and stuff. But like you said, Marston was around. He would have heard and seen everything. So. Mm-hmm. But still, afterwards, I don't know. Because, I mean, she really opened up there, and he could have really, I don't know, it would have been a really good moment, I think. Yeah. The, um, the Cisco has made the doodad that supposedly will stop the weather wizard, or at least he'll neutralize his power. Um, just in time, too, because Martin shows up on the, the roof of a building downtown, and look, he can fly now, kids. 
<laughs> the part that couldn't I didn't know how could he outrun Barry I mean he's like flying but like right you think Barry would be way faster you know well he is and later on they show it that he's that yeah. he's way faster they um they get to the, uh, the downtown area where Jesse James has been Santa Claus all day passing out presents to little children and it turns out all the presents have bombs in them so they're just Such random a Joker move yeah, it is. It reminds mm-hmm. me of Christmas with the Joker. Do you remember yeah. that episode? Yeah, from the animated yep. series. Yep. Christmas with Christmas with the Joker. <laughs> but anyway, um, the uh, you know Martin's like we either uh, tells the Flash, hey, we can either explode all these bombs and kill all these random children all over the city, or you can let us beat the crap out of you here publicly in front of everyone until you're dead. So Barry, having no other recourse, powers down and lets them start to beat the crap out of him. Uh, meanwhile, Cisco and Harry Wells uh, just figure out that if they are able to send one of these bombs in through a portal, somehow it'll magnetically grab all the other bombs and send them as well, which seemed pretty convenient, but works. Right. Uh, they send <laughs> the bombs away, and the bombs all go out into the portal up in the sky, that is there, and they're, they're like, Barry, the bombs are gone, and Barry makes short work of Weather Wizard and the Trickster. Patty comes out, uh, you know, after he subdued both of them, and uh, lashes down the Flash's leg with that, that boot thing that Cisco made, mm-hmm. and yep. points the gun at Marston and almost ki- and is threatening to kill him. But the Flash talks him down. Barry gives a really nice speech, which brings the Trickster to tears in one shot. And she forgoes killing him and arrest him instead. Yeah, she was. She was. Uh, she was not playing. She brought a thing for the Flash. Like you ain't gonna stop me from doing this. And they took that tension to the edge because I'm like, maybe she is gonna pull the trigger. I thought she was. I thought she was gonna do a Gordon real quick. Be like, boom, and that, that yep. would be the end of their uh, yep their relationship. Yep. I really uh, Barry and Iris tell Joe about Wally. He's kind of flabbergasted, but. Uh, Oh, Joe. He's still kind of in the back of his mind. They have a nice Christmas celebration together, and um, Barry even invites Harry to come to the Christmas celebration, but he says he can't because he can't celebrate without his daughter. Barry also has a scene where he kind of forgives Wells. Mm-hmm. He has to go by looking at Earth 2 Wells, but he knows he's not the same dude, but whatever. Did you, in that scene, did you think Harry was going to turn around and just shoot Barry? With a, like a beam to trap him, and then the and then the, the zoom would take him away. No, I for whatever reason I thought mm-hmm. when he was saying it to him, when he was staring at him and saying <coughs> he forgives him, I could just see Harry turn around because he's already made that agreement to save his daughter that I will help you. I I figured the agreement was to help him catch him to betray him by, and I thought he was just gonna turn around like. Of all the times to say he forgives him is when he betrays him that, that you know, in the next breath. Right. And I kind of thought that he was going to do something. Either do that or take blood, whatever it was. Like, do something to him. Write what he said. I forgive him for what he did. I didn't get that vibe at all. I just felt something bad yeah. was going to happen right away. Patty comes by for Christmas and... Uh, and Patty. shoots Harry again because he came to the Christmas. That would have been another one. He comes to the Christmas party and then gets shot. Him again. 
Patty's no, not it doesn't. Shooting. No, Patty doesn't have to shoot anybody. Caitlin and Jay have their kiss under the mistletoe, and then Joe is the one who gets shot through the heart as the young man knocks on the door, says his name is Wally. He's Francine's son. Say what? Yeah. And then bring on the feels. You know, invite some in. in, come in, and have Christmas with them. Those eyes, man. Those eyes. Yeah. Even if Joe wasn't. The, the way Joe talks, like, even if he wasn't my dad, I'd be like, I wish you were my dad, man. <laughs> <laughs> and he gives Barry the watch. Yeah. It's like, yep. in so many ways, it could be written. Like, it, it just really seems like a show that is written by people who have have children. Yeah. You know, like, the way that it's... Because there's some shows where they write people and it just you can tell that this feels like they're people that only watch shows about people who have children or watch shows have people that have siblings or something but this this really seems to be a show that where someone gets it like what you would do in that situation if you were a good person well how would you handle not being in your son's life and him, him coming back into it like right. that like right. you know and him just just Joe's look on his face is like, you know, when he shook his hand and and he looked at him, he was like, uh, "Wow, yeah, it was good." And even, you know, even Iris and Barry there when he came in, mm-hmm. it, was, uh, yeah. it was a good scene, man, all around. Now get hit with some lightning so we can have a team to his <laughs> sons. Well, I think I think something's gonna happen. There'll be like a speed force explosion with him and Harrison mm-hmm. Wells' daughter. Yeah, both get zapped to the yeah. same thing. Jay will get his back, and then you'll have like speed team. Oh, I love that, man. It'll be I awesome. Love that. And they, yeah. I just don't want Jay to get killed, and I don't want, uh, I don't just want them to end it. Like I would love for them to keep it that there's a portal open. At least if they close the other portals, that's one thing. But just leave the one open so that they could help well, each other. Well, I get the impression that to. the one at the bottom of Star Labs and is is gonna be like something that they keep around. That's what I hope. I mean, especially with Gorilla City being established now. It would be super cool if after they dispatch Zoom, like, they would have, like, a crossover episode with the, uh, you know, like, their their altered numbers on the other side. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, almost yeah, like yeah. the old JLA, JSA crossovers back in the Silver Age that they used to so have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. that would be pretty sweet. Like, I would love to see that, man. And wow. have to, or, or, you know... Barry'd have to come over to Earth Two, and you'd meet like you know Earth Two, um, right? Pick 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 a hero, you know. That'd be great. I would love that, man. Very last part of the episode, Zoom is uh, threatening Harrison Wells. He wants Harrison Wells to help him get Barry even faster, so he can you know take the Speed Force from. He lets Harrison see his daughter for like a split second. Who is this dude, man? And then Harrison says, "You know, I will help you take down the Flash." I really want to know who this dude is. Me too, man. Really bugging me. It is. It's, it's got to be somebody Flash related, or else he wouldn't be wearing that costume that looks like a version of Barry's. Exactly. Like, why it's would gotta he do be that? Like Barry of Earth Two, or Barry's dad of Earth Two, or got to be man. Somebody Flash related, you know, somebody who who the costume means something to, mm-hmm. or else he wouldn't be wearing it, you know. Right. It's Earth Two, Eobard Dawn. Something like it's got to be somebody we would be like, oh wow, it's you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's got to be somebody like that we would get. And this this dude is just too freaking powerful, and 
And it's like he knows everything already. Like all the different things that Barry is doing. Like he's like he's either experienced it or he's, you know, saw watched him do it. Plus he's knowing the best way to go about getting him stronger. Yeah. Yeah. By sending these villains after him. Yeah. Uh, then you know, just coming straight on like he did with Jake Eric and just taking his stuff. Like he knows how to hurt him without killing him too. Like, he knew when he broke his back, oh, he'll heal from that. That's not going to, you know, like, that's not going to keep him from being able to. And by disgracing him in front of his city or whatever thing, it's going (laughs) to make him, you know, redouble his efforts to be stronger Mm -hmm. and to come back stronger. Like, how does he know him that well? Like, it's got to be somebody Mm -hmm. that's familiar with him. Absolutely. Sadie Thawne, dude. Yeah, I, 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 I keep thinking maybe it's him. I give this episode an A. I loved it. Like I said, it reminded me of a really good episode or a good uh, issue of the Flash comic. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed yep. it quite a bit, and it's always cool to see uh, Wentworth Miller show up as Leonard Snart, and I can't wait to see him on you know, Legends of Tomorrow. Obviously, but... yeah, he does the right amount of. It's funny because when we were on um, on the DC on the um, It's All Connected uh, show, we were talking about how Powers Booth. He he, like has that right amount of, of that old school villainy type of. Voice oh yeah, going. I love Powers Booth. And Snark has that too. Like Leonard Snark, the way he plays him, he like he has that old school type of uh, villainy where this, things were just you know. This could have been a very silly character. This could character right. could have could have come off very dumb, you know, very poorly. You know, right. but it hasn't at all, and that's all on Wentworth Miller because his performance, I really? think, he's an old Leonard school. Snart is awesome. Yeah, he's not not somebody who'd ever want to take over the world. It, but he's just somebody that likes to just you know, I like to steal stuff. You know, I have fun stealing stuff and messing with bad guys. I, I like uh, you know he likes messing with bad guys and and hanging out and, and, and whatnot with his uh his other friend, his other buddy, who's totally unhinged. Like he's the oh, only yeah. one keeping that dude from just blowing up everything. Because he you could tell how psych how much of a psycho he is with with about fire. But uh he plays it just enough. Like he doesn't go overboard, but he plays it just enough. That like he comes out of a comic book the way that he plays it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I have to agree with Jim. I'd say I, this is a good solid A. I really, really like this, and I thought it ended the the first half of the season very well. So, and mm-hmm. it, it it definitely has me, you know, thirsty for the for the new season or the new half of the season. So, right. Great show. Won't be till yeah. January 11th. Damn it. But the good news is soon after will be Legends of Tomorrow. So. Yeah, that's true. That well, a, new, new, a whole new show. Like, I cannot wait for that show. Oh, my God. It's like one of my most anticipated shows. Of the yeah, year. I'm excited for it. And every time I see a new like little TV spot or anything, I'm just like, oh. That last trailer was Aces. With, uh, oh, yeah. That show seems so comic booky. That's I yes. can't wait. Like That, yeah. that totally... He waved yelling, I love the 70s. Right. Him and White Canary kicking ass in a bar. Oh, my goodness. That was great. So comic booky. I I can't wait for it. Okay. Uh, So let's move on from The Flash to iZombie. 
Okay. Season two, episode nine. Now cue the Nolan Batman music. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> cue it right. I am the fog, and I am thick with justice. Uh, I was okay. like, ew. <laughs> I watched that on my phone. Uh, while I was waiting for the bus, like, uh, and it was night. It was not not night, but it was early, early in the morning before the sun came up. So it was like five something in the morning when I watched that, and I was just cracking up. I could hear the music going, and I'm looking out, and it's dark outside. The um, the brain, the brain du jour, or the brain of the week, mm-hmm. uh, belongs to a street vigilante, or one of those quote unquote real life superheroes <laughs> who goes by the name of the Fog. Um, I like some of his uh, his cohorts too, like hashtag. Uh, how do you get in touch with hashtag? Well, you hashtag, 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 you just hashtag, hashtag. He has a face like he just had a look at him face like yeah, hashtag, hashtag. hashtag. Yeah, like like duh. <laughs> like, what do you want me to say? What do you I mean, expect? <laughs> um, the uh, the uh, the brain of the week really ties into the thing in the um. Interesting way, though, because what had happened was the street vigilante, the fog, had stumbled upon uh, one of Mr. Boss's operations involving heavy uh, guns, heavy equipment, uh, heavy heavy arms, uh, big guns, mm-hmm. and uh, it had gotten him killed, kind of. His brain causes uh, Liv to, of course, start to speak in comic book uh, style <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, cliches, you know, and stuff like that. It's pretty funny. Hilarious, and uh, uh, the best is when she brought in um, uh, the fog was trying to get together a super team to try to take out Mr. Boss's gun trade or whatever. And uh, I love it when they brought in the super team. Like I said, Blue Blue Swallow was one. <laughs> that is so horrible for a female. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So she was awesome. the only female too. That was yes. like, I mean, I felt so Swallow. bad. Like that is the worst. Superfly, who was a, a bald black dude with big yes. goggles, and um, was a major major hitman or something, major punch. I don't know, but it really made fun of like there is. I mean, and it there is there are some superheroes, especially uh, comics, in the you know in the early sixties and seventies and stuff. Like some of them are just based on. There's just so. Like you cringe when you hear the names right. of some of these well, superheroes. Yeah. Well, I love the scene with Ravi where he's trying to come up with a superhero <gasps> name for Liv. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Ravi's really into it because he's, oh, he's, he's like, like, "Oh man, this is awesome! I can't wait." Oh, you know, he's, he's a big like, old nerd like us. He's yeah, like, uh, totally. he's like, "What do you think about you know, so- was a zombie girl or?" Uh, and then he's like, "What about Mighty Whitey?" <laughs> Yeah, says, you know, I, I think I'd be the number one superhero for the KKK if I had that name. Oh, that was funny. Was, oh, that was, that was a funny bet. Well, and I love the whole, you know, take on the real life superhero thing because, and especially since this show takes place in Seattle, because I mean, it really is a big movement up there. Yeah, they do and, have that. I mean, they had they. I mean, there was that one guy I can't think of his name, and then all of a sudden, you know, he had his own little Justice League, and then another little Justice League formed, and it 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 was it's it's kind of gotten out of hand. <laughs> Um, while they're all working on this case, Blaine shows up with one of Boss's henchmen. Tells her, tells Liv, "Look, this is the only guy I know who knows where that tainted utopian is. We need you to make him a zombie, or he's going to bleed out and die. He has a gunshot wound." 
and he's this big muscle beefcake dude. Lives seeing, you know, that's the only way they're going to get the Teenage Utopium to make the cure. Um, scratches him and makes him a zombie. Um, it Very turns emotional out, scene for her. Yeah, cause she yeah. wasn't. I mean, she wasn't sure what to do. I mean, she couldn't. Yeah. Obviously, she can't trust Blaine. You know, uh, I mean, in anything. But she knows that Robbie needs a tinted utopian to make the care for her to even have a chance of normal life. And right. this really, it, it compounds what she was talking about, where she would hate to ever infect someone else. Like, that has been her thing. Like, she does not want to to put that life on anyone, even a bad guy. She does not want to infect anyone, any, anyone else. And I think that that really good. I think that part of this is what will affect her to make the, the the decision that she makes again at the end of the episode. Right. Yeah, I agree. Major uh, is uh, stalking his next prey, who's a, uh, a very attractive uh, woman. Yeah. Um, turns out to be it. Well, they trick you the way that they show him with her. Like, you think he's like, I'm mad at Liv, forget it. I'm just gonna, you know, you think you're gonna hook up with this girl, with this woman. Until they show the hairs stand up when he mm-hmm. right. who he is. But in the beginning, I, but at first I thought, I was like, oh, Major, don't make another bad decision. It's like, let's right. not go back to that where you just make terrible decisions. And now it's bad decisions set. by Major for the week. Yeah. I was like, please don't do this. Like, you... Get it together. But he stalks her to her house and ends up breaking in, and she has a gun to her head. She's about to kill herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, he stops her from killing herself, and they talk. Turns out she was a, a zombie hooker, but she doesn't want. She can't live like uh, like that anymore. Uh, she doesn't want to live as. She doesn't want to live anymore. She wants to die. Um, she's tired of being a zombie. She can't deal with it anymore. So, uh, major offers to help her out. He zaps her with the anti-zombie juice and puts her in his freezer. Well, it's horrible, like, even the way that it, the, the nice conversation and the way that it explained how they are using her. Like, it made yeah. me feel so bad. Like, it really made me feel very bad for her. Like, the, like, all right, she's a prostitute. Listen, she, like, she was like, I live my life the way I live my life. That's, you know, that's me. I choose what I want to do. Oh, um, and you realize who her pimp. But then when, when they infect her, they basically make her have to have sex with all these zombie people mm-hmm. to get brains. I mean, and just the way, just the way that they use her, like it felt like the worst type of way that you could treat anybody. Right. So you you just felt her sadness when she talked about it, like, the, and that goes to the dialogue of of that conversation, like how that was written. Yeah. I think that that really, um, I think that they needed applause for how that how that scene was written because it could have went it could have went anyway, you know, it could have just not been a big deal, but um, but just the way that we got to hear Major's thoughts because we see him do these things, but he he doesn't have anybody to talk to about it, right? So this is a way for us, uh, the audience, to kind of get where his head is because he's been going out killing these things for quite a while now right so we kind of get a sense of what's what's happening with him and it was a good idea to do that especially for the half of the you know the season is going to take a break and i know it's going to rev up when it comes back you know Mm -hmm. all these things are going to start to the secrets are probably going to start to come out but it was just a a good way to kind of 
let us know where his head was and because we always get to hear where where Liv's head is at like we always get right. her dialogue she has people to talk to but but he doesn't he has the whole back right he's in therapy talking to one of his quote victims mm-hmm. um and i got the impression did you get the impression of do you realize who her pimp probably is because i'm thinking from the way she describes stuff it's blaine yeah that's exactly what i thought it was yeah i thought so too um live because she's got this vigilante brain in her system uh can't let it go that mr boss is uh you know running these guns and domino's like you know we got to go through procedure here we got to get a warrant we got to do all these other things and um while he's talking to her she zips away puts on her cool little superhero gear the mask and everything i don't know where she got all that all of a sudden and then uh goes to the the place where the um the guns are being stored she takes out most of the dudes yeah by herself which is pretty not awesome. bad yeah she does pretty well even, the guy, that guy. even the dude who got the drop on uh her like she ends up going zombie on him mm-hmm, and really? choking him out too but uh, it's the the woman who originally was thought to be the mugging victim who takes her out. She's actually a small time thief, and was stealing from Mister Boss, yep. who keeps popping up in this episode. He's uh, first he's first he's Santa Claus, mm-hmm. and then now they find one of the guys who is from the stage mugging like dead in a tree, because Mister Boss doesn't take kindly to screw ups, as the other mugger puts it. Yeah. Um, He's like kind of all over this episode, and that the um, as Liv is uh, waking up from being knocked out, it turns out Mister Boss was the one who saved her. Like in the drop on the woman uh, that was stealing, and uh, she wakes up, and Mister Boss is being uh, interviewed by Babino, and of course, you know, he's saying he's just a. a um, she wakes up, all the uh, guns and all the uh, evidence is gone. Mm-hmm. Of course. Of course. Everything's cleaned up, and Boss saying, well, I'm just an accountant. I don't understand what you're talking about here. Um, so there's no way they can tag him. Right. And then Mr. Boss says he, he won't press charges for the trespassing on Liv and Merry Christmas. I have a feeling he's going to be the one to kill Blaine. Mm. Eventually. Mm. Well, Blaine is cutting in on his uh, his turf there. You know what I mean? Because yeah. he, he's just that much smart. Blaine is smart. Like, he's been able to outsmart most of all his competition. But this guy, it felt like they're building him up to be just a little smarter than But we find out in this scene that uh, when, um, Mr., when Mr. Boss leaves that the guy that they zombified mm-hmm. is, uh, the guy that they zombified is uh, um, uh, his bodyguard. Cause he's right there, you know. Yes, Mister Mister Boss. Yeah, you know? right. Except now he's got a little stripe in his hair. Yeah. Yep. To um, we go back to the interrogation room, and Babino is PO'd at mm-hmm. live big time, and says that maybe they shouldn't work together anymore. He was treating her like a cop, and that was his mistake, according right. to him. Yeah. He says they can't do this anymore. And Liv is, Liv is shattered because that's what she does. Right. And I think it's more. I mean, it's partly. This guy, you know, this vigilante brain, but it's, I think it's partly her too, because that kind of gives her definition. Yeah, that makes her feel like I'm. It kind of makes her feel like this is what separates her from other people who are who are infected as well. Right. Like this gives me purpose because I actually use this, these things to help people, and if I can't do that, then what is the purpose of me even 
still being alive. Why am I even a zombie anyway? Right. <laughs> she had that moment. And then what do we get? We get her coming back and breaking up with Major. Yeah. And then another big revelation comes out at the end as well that I didn't expect. When we find out about the infect, the people that were... Uh... Right. It turns out Robbie's cure? Temporary. Yeah. Yeah. The test rat has become a back back to being a zombie after like 178 days or whatever. So that means Major and Blaine, yeah, both do, and that also sets back hope for them actually coming up with a. Mm-hmm. Well, Blaine, he yeah. wants that, so that you know that's right. not a. Yeah, but but Major, now that now that you know Liv is broken up with him, he's gonna be a zombie out on his own. Not good. Maybe him and Blaine will get a place together. <laughs> oh man, zombie odd couple. Yeah. Can they get along? Da, 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 da. Can two zombies get along? I give this episode an A. I really enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I thought all the fun... It was so fun. It was almost like they were poking fun at the other superhero shows on the network with this. Oh, I'm sure they... A little bit. Some of that was in that, yeah. Dialogue was really fun. And uh, mm-hmm. like, like I said, the hashtag, hashtag, and stuff like that was, was really hilarious. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I, I'm... I'm... This is probably one of my favorite episodes this season. I thought it was really, really well done. Really well shot, really well written, directed, everything mm-hmm. about it. I thought it was really done well. So Yeah, I give it an A, too, because it, 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 uh, it had the emotional stuff happening when it, in the right times, and it, it had lots of you know funny moments throughout the episode, so it didn't get too heavy. Uh, so I think it, it worked. It worked well. Sweet. Well, we have one more episode to go. That would be Dark Waters, the Arrow season finale. Holy crap! Do we do we have to talk about this one? Because I just watched it before we started recording, and I'm still kind of in denial. You're in denial about uh, Oliver proposing to Felicity, or that Let's, Felicity got yeah. shot. Uh, a little both. bit of both. A little bit of both. Season four, episode nine. Yeah, I knew some something had to go down after he calls out Dark. Mm-hmm. That one, that episode, I was just like, "Duh!" Not, not a good, not a good move, Oliver. No, no and I don't care. Like he let them talk him into it, but still, like unless you're bulletproof and you have a permanent force field that protects you from harm, no dummies, y'all can't take care of yourselves. Evidently and, not. Well, and I. <laughs> I get the whole we don't want to let the quote let the terrorists win kind of situation, but at least they should have agreed with him on the whole fact of maybe we shouldn't be so much out in the open. Yeah, you know, increasing security is one thing, but it don't matter, man. <laughs> Y'all ain't got enough security to stop this dude. He's killing well, cats, and this guy has magic. You know this. Yeah, you know this, and you're still running around like it's all good. And why is it that Merlin is starting to seem like the more, you know, reasonable one in, in this group at the moment, you know? I mean, he is and he isn't, because he's trying to not go against the, the, the Hive because he's scared of Hive. Right. But he doesn't want his daughter to get killed. Yeah, it makes sense for him to be involved, because, I mean, after they kidnap Thea, he, he becomes involved. Mm-hmm. But like like he mentions, he says, you know, he can't afford to get the League of Assassins embroiled in a war with Hive. Right. Yeah, so it's a political thing, kind of. Plus, like he, like you said, Daryl, he says he's he's a little afraid of Damien Dark and Hive. So he sure is. He's making backwater deals with everybody because he, you know, he made deals with Savage. Yeah. 
He probably made a little backdoor deal with Hive. You can't try like they're trusting him when they should because he, yeah, he can't be trusted. He shouldn't be trusted. I should say. We start off this episode with uh, Oliver doing a mayor's uh, um, thing where they're cleaning up the the bay, which is what Damien Dar told him not to do in the last mm-hmm. episode, if you remember correctly. Oh, and uh, boys and girls, you know how you get someone to do something you want them to do? T- tell them not to do it. <laughs> Works perfectly. It's, it's the simplest plan ever. And well, the best part about this was the, the, the mini Felicity. Uh, Laurel oh, and yeah. Felicity are like yeah. flying over the, the bay and everything, talking about how, you know, if they, they keep it, you know, clean, clean it for so long, they'll be able to swim in it again. And the girl pipes up with more, you know, more nerdy stats. And Laurel's like, oh, she's like a mini you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was funny. It's like, yeah, all smart girls are Felicity. Okay. But anyway, while they're uh, while the people are out there, uh, you know, doing their their uh, their uh, you know, best to clean up the bay, an unmarked drone comes by and just lays automatic weapon fire into the crowd. Right. And luckily, Felicity with her iPad is able to hack it remotely and turn it off. But I mean, they're shooting at children and if civilians and all these kind of people. Uh, Oliver is not happy. Because he knows it's dark. So, uh, you know, he sits out for a minute, but not to say anything. But then when he does make a press statement, he just comes out and says, look, this is Damien Dark. He even has a picture of him. Yeah. yeah. He's the leader of the ghost in Hive. And this is what Hive wants to do. They want to kill the city. And the only way we can stand with him is to stand united against this threat. So Oliver is basically painting a giant target on his back. Yep. <laughs> Even though nobody's going after him because they ain't got no cops left and they don't have no, uh, they don't have anything left. Right. I don't think they have any SWAT teams left. They don't. I think I think the last of the force was what came with Lance later in the episode. Yeah, the five cops, the five yeah, or six, the cavalry. Yeah, as he referred, he's like, I brought the cavalry. I'm like, whoa, those three dudes from the the motor pool, huh? Cool. Because usually when you're oh, I, I captain, see you brought Terry from clerical. Great. Right. Because <laughs> usually when your captain goes somewhere, there are not just five cops that go with them. Oh no. You no. have an army of cops yes. that are around them. You have a lot of cops. Because like you're a show of force. Especially in a situation like that, you want to show force. Exactly. This one, well, that is his army because he only got five left. Overtime must be crazy over there. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Felicity and her mom are cleaning out the, uh, the getting out their decorations for Christmas, and Felicity stumbles upon the the engagement ring. That bothered me so much. That Oliver was going to give her. Let me tell you something. Tell me something. Why in the world would you take away Oliver's right to ask her on his own? You like you even if he's going to ask or not, you don't know. You see the wedding ring. Why would you scream like a crazy person and then it's mama spoil smoke. it and then spoil it? Like it's mama smoke. Mama smoke was like that's three carat uncut or cloudy. I mean, she knew exactly what kind of diamond it was, how big it was. I ain't saying she probably could have told you how much it was worth. You know, I ain't saying she a gold digger. No, I, you don't have to. But she, them. but she. I mean, she knows her diamonds. Yeah, she, <laughs> she, ain't, she ain't messing with so no, no broke, broke, but I. Yeah, yeah, so, but that was, just made me bad. I guess I'm thinking of it as a dude. I I went dude thinking like when she did that. I was like as a dude, 
you just ruined my proposal. Like you, right. like that is a special moment to be able to surprise your lady and ask her to marry you. To take away that surprise, it's, you know, like as somebody who's experienced it, you know, like we've all most experienced this moment. Well, it's a special moment. Here's the part that bothered me about it. It wasn't so much even this part. Mm-hmm. It's that later at the party when Felicity is like souffle, and she for some reason she figures out that he was going to try to right. get right. She put that together really quick. Yeah, now and, you and how? Where did that come from? Just out of I nowhere, know. like she saw a souffle and then thought of it. I wanted her to say I read it in the script because there was no other way to pull that out. And uh, I didn't know Felicity was Jewish. I, you know what? I totally didn't know that. Either. I did not know that, but they, came keep, out of they nowhere. keep making jokes about how she wants to, uh, you know, have her faith represented. So they have like dreidels and Hanukkah menorahs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree with you about the the whole engagement thing. You know, she should have just put the ring back where it was hidden, forgotten she had seen it, and that bothered just, like, me. Yeah, like you, you think she'd know better. I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure if Jerry were her or a female who had you know, been in that situation, would probably have a different story for probably. us. Probably. I'm just thinking as I. That's why I said thinking I as, a dude, as a dude. Yeah, that's what I would do. Like you want to make that yeah. the best, the, the most special moment for you. You know, for you two to remember. You can yeah. Tell your story. Exactly. Just, you know, like what I proposed to my wife on Christmas. Is really yeah, and somebody to take that away. Right. It's just uh, that really irked me. So we get to meet uh, Curtis and his husband at mm-hmm. the party, which was pretty funny. Yeah, it was. It, it was so funny, though, because there's always that couple at the party where the one uh, partner overshares about the other partner. Yep. You know what I mean? Because they're, like, yep. they're like so close to each other. That's all, you know, it's like their main subject to talk about. You know? mm-hmm. It just was really funny. Yeah, and and, and I guess it, it goes to show how close they've become over the, you know, over the the episodes, uh, Felicity and, and, and Curtis, you know, they've, they've basically become close friends now. They're, they're starting to really, cause they sound like they're bouncing off each other. Alike, like they're alike. Like they have a, when you, when you're friends with somebody long enough, you kind of have a verbal repertoire. You could just, uh, kind of vibe with, with people and you, you're used to it. it. And to other people, it's like, what are y'all talking about? Like, I don't understand. If you you don't know them like that, so as the holiday party continues, we also uh, Felicity finds out about Quentin and her, her mom. Yeah, where she's all like, "Oh, I wish I could unsee that," and that was oh, pretty funny. Yeah, kind of awkward, but you know, and she her mom's like, "Isn't Quentin the best?" <laughs> yeah, she call him boyfriend already. So. uh you know they're talking at the they're having the uh, this party and you know, pretty much the whole cast is there, and in comes Damien Dark with his ghosts, and he does that one thing where he kind of waves the guys with guns away like this oh, really guys come out and he just kind of waves his hand and they fly out of there and you know, the guns fly out of the hands. Totally, totally Doc Vader moment right there. You know what? This moment almost reminded me more of like that Joker at the party in uh, um, the Dark Knight. Oh, yeah, yeah. Have like, you know, when they come crashing the party. There was mm-hmm. another movie it reminded me of, too, and I just can't remember what it is now. But, yeah, here he is, Damien and Dark, uh, walking right into uh, Oliver's holiday party, flanked by the ghosts. And uh, he takes away Diggle, Thea, and Felicity. Just like that. Yep, in the middle of anything. Yep, because that's what bad guys do. I guess so. 
Uh, and uh, you guys are not, I don't care how well trained you are, you can't stop telekinesis. Yes. Or, uh, or you know, the other thing we find out that, you know, he's pretty much indestructible. Yeah, that too. Add to that, you can't stop bullets when enough people are shooting at you. How about that? Yep. Um, the uh, he, Oliver, of course, not happy about this. He starts beating up every ghost he can find for information, but he's mm-hmm. unable to find anything. He gets help from Merlin, and uh, he kind of sets up this new team arrow with him and Merlin, and uh, and Laurel, right, and uh, and Quentin. Um, Merlin has a cell phone for one of Damien Dark's ghosts. And uh, Oliver uses it to set up a meeting. And uh, Dark, you know, being a classic villain in the comic book style, wants to show Oliver his whole plan. So he has a guy, like, kill himself in this gas chamber he's created. And there's this gas he's creating using algae from the bay that Oliver wanted to clean up. And that's why he didn't want them to clean up that area of Star City. Now he's he's going to install Oliver as his own puppet mayor. Mm-hmm. After giving uh, him a minute to say goodbye to Felicity, they um, they have like a little CW moment in the cell. Uh, David, yeah, you know my feelings, feelings, feelings. I'm like, what? he's about to kill you all. You really have to go do this now. Yeah, can't, so, you can't wait. I can't wait. We could talk about maybe an escape plan or something. <laughs> um, he puts uh, Diggle, Thea, and Felicity in the gas chamber. Oliver's losing his, his mind. Uh, Dark lied, of course. You know, because as he mentions to Oliver, hey, bad guy, hello. Right. <laughs> I love that. Duh. You know, he, you know, he's like, our, our agreement was only implied, and, you know, hello, bad guy. And then all of a sudden, hey, the Green Arrow shows up to save the day. It's actually Merlin, dressed up as Oliver. Laurel's able to use her song scream to crack the glass of the gas chamber. Oliver gets them all out of the gas chamber. Uh, Merlin goes after Dark. Yeah, I like that. It yeah. almost almost takes Merlin out. It's pretty almost. pretty close. He's like, uh, I'm wondering what's under that mask. Merlin gets away from him long enough. Um, Merlin shoots an arrow at him and it stops in midair. And Dark says, "You never learn your lesson." He goes, "Oh, I learned a lesson or two. And the what? And the uh, the arrow's arm to explode. Oh, so yeah. it blows up Dark. And he's able to kind of not take Dark out, but kind of subdue him for a second and get a mm-hmm. few arrows into him." The, Malcolm goes down to help them escape uh, after, you know, kind of subduing Dark and after, you know, exploding with the air and hitting him with a few more. But all the uh, captives, the Hive uh, uh, brainwashed uh, prisoners have been let out of their cells and they have a big fight and all of a sudden Quentin comes in with the cavalry, as we mentioned before, the four cops in the motor pool and a guy from Clerical. Right. Um, to save the day and kind of clo- uh, clear the facility out. Um, Oliver saves Malcolm from being, from getting the dark choking to death at one point. I thought he was going to die. Yeah. The, uh, Malcolm was fighting dark and he's getting that, yeah, Kali Mon thing where he's like, choke, or force choke deal where he's you know, choking him from afar. But Oliver is able to help him uh, to save him from being uh, choked to death. And uh, they plant a bomb right next to the, uh, a dark pinned down with arrows. Mm-hmm. But as uh, as the bomb is ticking away, you hear dark make an incantation. Of some yeah, sort. I heard that. Like, some I sort wonder. of like magical spell. 
Yeah, uh, is that the spell to keep him to regenerate him after he blows I, up? I guess it's a different spell than the one that he used when he. You remember when he drew blood into that bowl, right? In his little shrine or whatever. It was a different spell than what he said there. This was in oh. Latin. Uh, I didn't translate it. I did read it in the subtitles, but it was Latin. So and then uh, they they get the heck out of there and they blow the whole place up. Big huge explosion. But of course, no dark body. No. No body of Damien Dark at all. Not at all. So uh, we then cut to uh, Oliver, uh, or Diggle, talking to his brother. Andy's still locked up under the arrow cave. Diggle is uh, it's like, fine, if you're going to put us all through that, we're going to treat you like a ghost. You know, he kind of doesn't... They have a few, like, really tense scenes. But basically, mm-hmm. he's, he's about to disown his own brother. He's free of the, uh, the drugs. Yeah. yeah. And he's getting to him a little bit. You can tell something's he's holding back, but he's getting to him a little bit. Because I wonder if part of the deal for him to do what he had to do was that he wouldn't kill his wife and kid. Like, if, what if he told him, you know, if if Hive said to him, "You have to do this, or else we'll come after your wife and kid." Maybe. I wonder if that'll be his. Uh, that's what at least started him on that path. Right, where it's still that way. Like, even him being captured and stuff. Like, what if it's... He's supposed to allow himself to get caught. And he's supposed to turn on them eventually. Still, because they're like, I still have access to your wife and kid. Like a sleeper agent. Right, yeah, exactly. Like a sleeper agent. And that's why he's, you know... He's still not helping them because you can't save them. You haven't been able to stop them. That could be, I mean, that's a good theory. That, that could very well be what happens. Uh, we get the uh, public uh, uh, tree uh, lighting, Christmas tree lighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of uh, Oliver showing that he's not afraid. You know, he wants to stand united with the city. Too quick to be celebrating, man. Yeah, a little, little bit fast. Um, but in front of uh, the, the entire assembled crowd, he proposes to Felicity. Felicity says yes. Not good. Uh, they get into a limo and they drive off in, in uh, happiness. Don't and get you know happy. What the, yeah, it doesn't happen in this show. Don't <laughs> get happy. That's just uh, their limo gets stopped in the street, and of we can see very kind of like almost like a bargain mason version of The Godfather, where we show uh, Damien Dark coming home to his family, his daughter and his wife, on Christmas, and. Uh, and they're intercutting that with uh, the limo that Oliver and Felicity are in getting riddled with bullets. Right. Um, the driver just kind of sitting there. It was weird. It was like the driver just sit there and let these guys shoot him or whatever. Sure did. Um, Oliver, you know, is covered. Oh, I thought he died, like, instantly. Yeah, maybe. maybe. But it just seemed like, uh, I don't know. Uh, and how do you not have bulletproof? Yeah, how would you not be in a bulletproof situation after all that you've been through and all that have been going on? <sighs> It seems, did not seem like good thinking. No, but no. They intercut while they're playing the music from Damien Dark seeing his family putting the star on the tree and all that stuff to uh, Oliver and Felicity's you know, limo getting riddled with bullets. And we end the episode with uh, Oliver taking Felicity out or driving the limo away from the ghosts and getting away from them and then uh, pulling up to a hospital and... Uh, he, he just kind of takes a breath and he scrambles to see Felicity, but she only to find her uh, unconscious and bleeding. 
Yeah. What a, what a uh... not a happy scene. <laughs> no. Especially after that one like flashbacks or flash forward scene they gave us of them standing mm-hmm. over a grave. Yeah. You remember that? It's like That's why I think that this is a red herring. This is a mislead. Yeah. It could very well be. Could be a lot of people in that grave. Because he said it's my, it's not my fault, but my responsibility when he's at the. Right. I or I used to think, I there was a time I would have thought this was my fault. Mm-hmm. But now I know it's my part of my responsibility. Yeah. So, I don't know. That sounds kind of clinical compared to something you would say about Felicity. Exactly. It did. It does sound that way. You know, it sounds a little more, more detached. And I you would say about the woman he just wanted to marry. And he's still like for somebody he's supposed to be the Batman of the of the DCCW universe. You you sure make dumb decisions, Oliver. Yeah. Like even Diggle, him and Diggle, like you you two were trained, like straight up trained to deal with stuff like this. And you two are just making bonehead <laughs> Yeah decisions like you were talking about taking your kid out of there and you know like that don't mean you gotta you letting the terrorists win to not take precautions to protect your your people right that's just smart like you don't you don't get in no big ass limo you change cars like i would never I mean, they have armored limos. They have, you know, armored yeah, they do. that are like limos. I mean, <clears throat> that was my first thought. I'm like, why is he not in an armored limo? Mm-hmm. Or even like the, you know, one of the vans or whatever they use as Team Arrow would have been better, more secure anyway. Right. Anywho. But uh, other than that little quibble or whatever, I give this episode an A2. This was a great episode of Arrow. I mean, it has everything I like in Arrow. It has good, good fight scenes, villainy villains, it had a lot of uh, good, um, you know, plot. Uh, movement and action in it, a lot of good character moments. Um, the thing about the engagement was a little, hmm, but it, it ended up paying off pretty well at the end with Felicity uh, getting shot and stuff. So I give it an A. I was I was real happy with all the episodes this, uh, this week. So I was happy with this one, but I wouldn't give it an A. I'd I'd give it more a B. Yeah, um, I'm in a B camp too. It just. <sighs> I mean, it was all good. It just, there were just a lot of, it's like they crammed a lot into one episode. And the whole engagement thing, I think, was fine. But, you know, it's just, they had to really CW it up even more than usual. And, you know, there just was a lot of questionable things. But, I mean, overall, and I have to agree with you, Jim, on, like, the fight scenes and all that. That stuff was fantastic. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm giving it a B. uh, Yeah, a few things here and there that just were bad decisions for somebody. The island thing I thought was wasted again. Yeah, I knew for that to be done. I didn't even mention it because I'm so over it. And it just doesn't have anything to do with anything Nothing else. happened. Like, did, did nothing in that happen. That oh, you mean that guy caught him again? Oh, again. Did yes. it explain? Because I know that they were going to the ship for some reason. But did it, he explain what he was getting, what those papers were? They are maps, wasn't they? Well, that's, uh, it looked like blueprints. I don't know. So I guess they didn't explain it. So because that I was like, did I miss something? I don't know. It didn't make sense to me. Like I, and then you know this dude is looking for y'all. Like why would you sit on the? Why would you have her sitting out in the open? 
right. complete open. Complete I mean, not open. even like at the edge of the woods or nothing. They're like on an open beach that can probably be seen for, you know, miles. And then how, how, how do you, you've been, they've been suspicious for, of you since day one. Why would they, why would you disappear for that long a period of time and not expect them to come looking for you? I'm just hoping that whatever flashback arc, their story they're trying to tell, once that's done, they wise up and stop these flashbacks. And maybe do flashbacks with some of the other characters on stuff. Something. Or you know? nothing at all. Like I, I think it's to the point now where you just stop with the flashbacks. There's no, yeah. no, there's I no reason why you have to do flashbacks. I'm just saying show. if they want to use that tool to tell something from before, use it with other characters. Or you don't know, do it not every, every episode. episode. Yeah. 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 Like do right. it when you when you do something like they did with Constantine, yes. That's a good way to do it. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like you meet when they're important, like you do a flashback or something. When it's important, but just for it seemed like this has been going in circles since they started. Like you yeah. you oh, you're guilty. You gotta you know, like you have to prove you're not that you are a bad guy, and then you prove it, and then the same you, guy, no, same guy. guy. It's like just kill this dude. Then, if that's the case, kill the guy. Like, why yeah, in the world? So pointless. And and despite all of these little things, you know, still love the show. Still such a great show. It's just you know, yeah. this there's just some eye rolling parts in it that, that yeah. like, don't need to yeah. do it anymore. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so those are the four episodes we have to talk about this week. Uh, the um, We have a Facebook group, DCTV Podcast. Facebook group is what it is called, and we just had a few new members this week. We're almost up to 200, which is pretty cool. Uh, but we have a lot of good news that we, we post there, a lot of uh, stuff. And we made very clear this week that you know if we can limit the spoilers on the site, uh, especially we had an issue with the, uh, the, the Supergirl reveal where somebody was talking about it openly on the site uh, mm-hmm. before it even aired on the West Coast, before anybody yeah. even had a chance to see it. So uh, uh, there's a little thing on there about that. So um, if you want a, you know, a good you know, spoiler-free environment, at least till you have a chance to watch the episode, yeah. uh, then definitely check out the Facebook group. Also, our email, dctvpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, send us an email. Let us know how you feel about the season finales, what you want to see in the uh, year coming up, and what you want to see on the new shows. Um, There's a lot of uh, lot of cool stuff to talk about there. Um, from the news bucket this week, uh, we had a few uh, little tidbits about the uh, Marvel. Or, I'm sorry. See what happens when I'm on. It's all connected. Damn traitor! I know I've been infected by their Marvel virus. Ah, the DC Cinematic Universe. Um, they kind of explain the Batman v Superman unmasking scene that we've seen in the trailer now mm-hmm. um, it, as part of a dream sequence, as part of a nightmare yep. sequence, uh, for sure. And then we also have uh, The Flash confirmed as appearing in this movie, mm-hmm. which is kind of incredible because, yeah. I mean, are we getting the whole JLA here? I mean, we've got it's Flash. It's what it seems like. Yeah, we got Flash, Wonder Woman. And then I know everybody was like, oh, they showed off Wonder Woman already in one of their trailers. But, I mean, if you're going to be introducing all these other characters as well, then, like, they're just showing the tip of the iceberg. And none of it is a secret, though. Like, it's, right. it's been online. Yeah, all of this stuff it. has been online for the, the past 
Why not just Momoa said like a year ago he was doing filming for this movie. Right, uh, right. So. Wonder Woman being in it, they, they reveal yeah. that. Doomsday being in it, reveal that. Like, this is like five, six months ago they reveal this stuff. This is not... Why do people keep arguing that's not Doomsday? Doomsday. I don't I don't understand. It's pretty obvious. And don't they actually use his name in the trailer? I think it's a version of Doomsday. It's I don't a think version. It's, yeah, I think... Like I said... Gonna, I mean, what, what it looked like in the trailer anyway, and I hate to really speculate on a movie just from the trailer, mm-hmm. but what it looked like, and what I've kind of parsed together, is Luthor gets Zod's corpse. Right. Does something with it, I guess, to try to reanimate it or to use it or whatever, and creates a doomsday-like thing that they probably refer to as doomsday. But yeah, somebody posted that it was actually the wraith. Yeah, I saw. Yeah. Wraith is basically a doomsday. Person, like a look, he looks like he he acts and looks like doomsday. It's just that he's smarter. Like he's, he's not as right. But it was it was like he when you when I saw wraith in the beginning, it's like oh, he looks just like doomsday. Like this is just Bert. Like I said, all of this movie, like every version you see, is a different version. Like none of it's going to be exactly like the comics. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a geek confession here if I can. Do you guys? Do you mind? It's where you're in a safe place, Jim. Okay, you ready? Go for it. I've never liked Doomsday as a villain. Never. He just seemed like uh, DC Hulk ripoff. I've just never, never liked Doomsday. I agree with you. I mean, I never, I, I've never put much thought into it, but I don't really like him all that much. The so. only time I've ever like, like, really thought the character was interesting at all was when he was in the Justice League cartoon. Yeah, okay. like they used him in that in an interesting way. But I mean, as far as like in the comics, well, and they so, made him even worse in Smallville. I didn't. Watch well, that I think one. I, I don't mind him, but he's not the mustache twirling villain like he's Doomsday was supposed to be right the force of nature like how do how does superman fight something that is just he's not something that usually superman could talk his way out of it or he could smart his way out of it but smart him but this is just he had to fight something that was just beyond that like he had no there was no person to to argue with and no person to to um it, he just had no there, yeah. there was no one that you there could was no way to jean-luc picard his way out of it he had to, right he had to carry right. it out and i i totally i totally did that and, and, I, and i understand for like the story they were telling at the time with the death of superman that they needed a character like that that could kill superman and superman couldn't think his way out of or whatever and i totally get all that I've just never really liked the character. I kind of seen. And, and I will say, like, as a poet, like, unlike how they use Bane, because Bane should never be a dude that's just used as muscle. Like, right. Bane was always supposed right. to, He looked like a brute, but he was smart. Like, he was calculating, he was smart, and uh, Batman underestimated him. And then that, and he paid the price for it. But Doom, well, and I also think the Schumacher Bane just ruined that character, and it made it really oh, it hard did. for it, people it to totally, come back from. It totally did. But with Doomsday, I think he's the per. I think that he is a character that you could use because he is nothing but a brute. That's all he is is a brute. I could see him being used and killed and done with. Like he is not a character that as they right. they take him out in the in the end of this movie. 
I will not say to myself, oh, why do they have to kill off another character? Like, there are other, you know, like like too many superhero movies, they feel the need to kill off the villains. But for for Doomsday, they can kill him off and be done with it and never have to mention him again. I would be totally fine with that. Because yeah. he's he's a one and done. He's a way to, he is a, he is a good way to make them have to team up together. Right. As a group to fight. Yep. And it's more to get them to to stop fighting each other and realize that they can do better as Isn't a group he... fighting a bigger threat. Like he's he's good for doing that. Like and and giving uh, Lex a way of of um... and with Lex, I mean, like part of his plan could also be see how dangerous they are. Again, like they they really are dangerous. Like. Right, they just see they're destroying Metropolis again. You know, like this is this is a way of doing it. But uh, but I don't I don't know how he's going to be used. Like I don't I don't I don't know what the, exactly the deal is with him. Right, uh, and like I said, all I all, all I knew is conjecture. Everything I just said earlier was just pure conjecture from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. It's what I'm gleaning, you know. Um, yeah, we some cool tidbits on that, and you know, gets ever closer. I mean, there's this little independent movie that's opening next week. You guys may have heard of called the the, the Star Wars. Yeah, um, I the, it, something about waking up. I, I thought it was like a movie about insomnia or something, some sort maybe. of documentary. I don't know, but uh, it's yeah. real real small indie film. Uh, but you know, in a few months, we'll be getting you know, Batman v Superman. Very excited. Yeah. Uh, speaking of films, we have a cool fan film link too on the DC. Uh, TV uh, podcast Facebook group. Um, Carlos Carmona's cousin, uh, or a friend of his, co- uh, friend of his cousin, plays the Flash, and it's the Flash versus Quicksilver mm-hmm. in a fan film. It was pretty fun. Um, we also had uh, let's see this week of uh, Daryl. You decided to tell everyone that you were with a fog that was stuck with justice. That was good of you. Uh, there was a talk that Will Smith's Deadshot will be showing up in the uh, rumored Solo movie, uh, Solo Batman movie, mm-hmm. the Batfleck movie that's supposed to be coming out sometime in the next few years. That's good. That'll be interesting. I, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I could get behind that. I'm interested to see how Will Smith plays Deadshot. In this. I can't wait for Suicide Squad. I, I think the only person in existence that's more anticipating it than me is Jim. Probably. <laughs> I. There's talk of when the trailer is going to drop again, uh, another trailer. Uh. So uh, there were hints of that. I forget. I don't now, do you remember. think there'll be another trailer for Batman v Superman, or do you think they're done? I think. Oh, be... I bet there'll be one at Super Bowl. I think there'll be some TV spots. Yeah. With with different scenes in them. Yeah, I, I think I think as far as like formal trailers, I think they're probably done. Right, yeah, there's, the formal trailers. Yeah. Right, and now you do the TV spots. Right, that's what Star Wars has been doing too. Yeah, yeah, that, that's how you do it. Like you do the TV, you drop the TV spots, and you're you're done. I'm pretty sure people were complaining about it showed too much, and they do seem to respond to that because it's because even the trailer, this trailer seemed to be a, a total response to complaints from the first first big trailer. Right, like about yeah. why yeah. is there fighting? Why are they going to give you know like are they gonna, just going to fight each other for no reason and like you know well, all that like like you keep saying if you ask a normal person who doesn't you know follow comics or anything right 
There, that was the first question everyone has asked me about this movie is, why are they fighting? I thought Batman <laughs> and Superman were friends. Why are they fighting? Right. And this kind of, like you said, Daryl kind of sets that up a little better for, you know, I mean, like, and I, I know I've said this before. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but it's not going to be the fanboys and the fangirls that make this movie a success. It's no, going to no. be, you mm-hmm. know, the mainstream audience who gets the Because we're going to go see it anyway. Yeah, we'll, we'll see it anyway. You know, we're already programmed to go watch this movie. It's but, the others. But we, you are, know, and it's we interesting are a mere that... drop in the profit bucket, though. Exactly. Comparison. Because most yeah. of the people that I've, the, the most of the the people who have said how much they hate this movie have been comic readers. Oh well, yeah. And most of the is either and and I've heard from other people that have not read not one comic in their life, and they either didn't go watch the movie at all because they just didn't care. Is it you know they're not into those characters at all. Or they, right. or they liked the movie a lot, and, and they asked me like, "Why are people? Why are you people mad <laughs> about the movie?" Or they just didn't care for it. They, you know, just didn't rightly care for it. But I mean, the hate that you like people who feel the need to. What I mean by hate is that they they're constantly like there's a visceral thing of constantly saying how much they don't like it. Yeah, right. like putting a lot of time into saying how much they don't like it. Those are people that read comics. Well, and it's interesting because uh, a lady that works in our HR department, she actually is in the movie. Mm-hmm. She oh. plays a she plays a senator in that Senate hearing scene. Uh, She's well. just an extra. Oh, you know? cool. But it's interesting because you know she was also a, an extra in, in something else recently too. But anyway, um, you know she knows hardly anything. All mm-hmm. she cared about was she got to be in the room with Henry Cavill in the right. Superman. You know, yeah. So yeah. it's funny. This person that's in this movie is is asking me why are Batman and Superman fighting, See? <laughs> and she's yeah, in the a, movie. <laughs> and they go beat for beat. Like when you look at the trailer, it's beat. Like yeah. I see people yeah. who are comic readers say, "Why are they telling us all this stuff?" And I'm like, "Cause it's not us. They're telling. They're they're telling." People there. This is for people who they want to get past the hate. Like they want to get past the divisiveness. They're, these are people. They're trying to be like, if secrets get out in the film, I don't think they care about that right now. This this film is too important for them to worry. They have too much riding on this working for them to worry about. Uh, you know, see, like Star Wars has a different problem. Star Wars can just worry about not too much coming out. Well, it's going up against that Alvin and the Chipmunks sequel, so yeah, they're in trouble. But you I know, mean, there's some but trouble you know there. the deal. Like Star Wars already has the goodwill already built in. Their right. only thing is right. they just don't want too much to come out. This movie has to get like it has to get past that. Like it has to be like they're setting up a whole. Right. They're setting up their whole franchise. Yeah, this is setting up their franchise. So this is them saying, "I don't want anybody to be confused." Right. I don't want anybody to feel like it'll be, you know, like they're not going to want to come see the movie. So we're going to let you know. I don't want any. We're letting you know. This is why they're fighting. This is this is what happens. These people are in it. Mm-hmm. And they will get together at the end. Don't, you know, don't think that you won't have your superhero team up before this movie's over. You're going to get it. Like, it feels like all the stuff that beats, they want to let people know this is the deal. So please come see the movie. Well, I read, and this has been 
a while back, but I read that they were that like this is one of the highest test screened movies. Mm-hmm. Like 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 three or four more times over the amount that usually they have test screenings and whatnot. Right. So I mean they're putting a lot of investment into this. This movie is the beginning of the to make sure yeah. it's good. Yeah, well this is the tentpole under which all the yep. other movies will come. I mean they're, exactly they put out this plan for you know six years worth of movies and. If this, you know, if this movie tanks, I don't think it will, because I mean, I don't know. It's it going like, to get the box office dollars. It, it, but they, it, 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 it but, but I mean, we just, I mean, look at they it want this more. Way, than okay. that. Yeah, but, they yes. need to have sustainability for it's, the franchise. It's not enough that they that they break even. No, it's not enough that they oh. make you know the money that they invested in it. No, as far they, as marketing or creating the movie, let me finish real quick. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, it it's not enough that they do that. They want to. Mm-hmm get the mind share they want to get the market right. share so when the next dc movie comes out they already have that stepping stone it's like oh yeah batman v superman was awesome we should check this out too because right. that was great and for me the trick is going to be is Zack snyder going to be able to make a movie that's going to be able to cross over in a post avengers world in a post guardians world okay yeah. is, is he going to be able to deliver and make a movie that's going to entertain audiences enough in a march release to make that kind of money, it's right. not a big summer release. I mean, a lot, a lot of these you know billion dollar releases were during the summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is going to be a March release. This is an Easter release. And the only thing I I think what works in the favor of this is a lot of people who are fans of Superman and Batman who have like this is something where like with Avengers we never saw the Avengers all together until that first movie. Like, right. that was something that I dreamed of, but I never thought I'd see on the exactly. big screen. To see yeah. all these superheroes working, fighting together on that big screen. And that's why I think it did so well. I think that maybe but, that hurt. It didn't do bet. Like, I think the reason why Ultron didn't do Gangbusters more than Avengers is that because some of it was, we're used to, like, there's so many films out of them, of the Marvel superheroes. It's, it wasn't enough. Like, this is not a new thing for people to see anymore. So it's so everybody didn't just go to the movies just to see that. Like, there's exactly. a lot it's, of people it's not It's Apollo us. 12. We've been to the movies. Yeah, there are a lot of you people know, not us. Now it's routine. Yeah, who gone to the movies to see Avengers that went to see it and didn't even see the Thor and, and Cap and Iron Man. They, those first movies did okay, but they didn't do... They didn't do what Avengers did. <clears throat> right. And I think that that might be a thing to help Batman versus Superman is that this is the first time we see a live version of Superman, though in Wonder Woman too, Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman together in a movie, live yeah. action. This is the first. Like I, I, I this is the want, Trinity, man. This is the Trinity. And then you throw in, they're saying that the other heroes might be also are, are going to be in the movie as well even if it's just for a cameo or or two second spot or something like that but still yeah that could help the box office for this film i'm just saying and i i hope it knocks it out of the park i really do i really because i want to see all these other dc films that they have planned but yeah. if you know if this movie 
there are three possible outcomes. This movie could totally tank and not make the money back even though they put into it, and then they're going to really curtail that schedule to the point totally. where probably totally. you know, we'll see Suicide Squad, we'll see Wonder Woman, and we'll see the ones that are already in production, but that's right. it. It'll do medium business, and they'll keep going ahead with their plans, but we're going to see a few drop off here and there, like maybe the Cyborg movie will drop off. Or, yeah. you know, or they make a choice of what what did test screens, what did people like most. If right, exactly. And more than this, then you could see them pushing the... I could see them dropping some of the DCU stuff right. they have scheduled in favor of a new Batman movie. Right, you know, exactly. Or, or combining movies, even you know, exactly. or, or you know, changing their schedule around. Mm-hmm. But if they go ahead and they make the kind of money they want, like Avengers style money, then we're going to see all the movies that are on that schedule come out right. as, they, as they have them scheduled. Yeah, that's just my read on it, and I really I want to see them do well with this so I can see all those movies. That's my assessment. And I mean, I'm, quite frankly, I'm interested to see what new. Um, Snyder is going to bring to the table on this. You know, I mean, we've seen this in a steel. We see some of these, you know, new things that he's done or whatever that that were cool in that movie. What's he going to bring to this that's going to differentiate itself from Avengers? What's going to bring, you know, what is he bringing to this that will get people out to the theater to see it and not just say, Mm -hmm. oh, oh, it's Avengers all over again. I've seen that or whatever. Because the talk of it seems like they have bolstered up more Batman in this movie than Superman mm-hmm. for a reason. Yeah. Like you're going to get more background information about Batman. And Batman movies make a lot of money. And Batman and, movies and, make a lot and, of money. And I think the one more thing that's going to help them out is this movie coming out in March means we get probably get a digital digital release, I would imagine, by you know late summer at the I would think latest, so. and then a Blu-ray release for in time for the holidays. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. I would think so because they usually one well the thing is to release it digitally first mm-hmm. earlier, and then from there then then release the Blu-rays and and then the uh, DVDs and stuff like that nature with the specials and stuff. So. Yep. So we'll see. That's my take on it anyway. I mean, again, I hope I hope it does great because I, I want to see the Cyborg movie. I want to, I, mean, I want to see Justice League Dark. That's the only I wanna one see, I, I want to see. I want to see all of them. Justice the, League Dark is the one I'm. I'd love to see that. Yeah, it'll be awesome. The Cyborg movie is the only one that makes me uh, like I I give pause to because I that could change at any time and become like the I could I could uh, get that they make that a Teen Titans movie instead. Well, I also you also have to realize that um, uh, I mean these these schedules are not written in stone. I mean Marvel right. Marvel just shifted their whole thing around so they could do a Guardians of the Galaxy sequel because it did so well, mm-hmm. and they pushed back you know Black Panther and and uh, Captain Marvel and stuff. So you know it's not written in stone. I mean what's there is there, and that's what they're going ahead with. Yeah. But as things, I mean it's obviously going to be adaptable as things go forward. So oh heck yeah, yeah. we we're, we're going to see what the deal is when. Uh... The numbers is going to tell. That's how it goes now. The number, you know, they they just put it out there, just put it out there to see what's up. But they want to see the numbers to see uh, that determines what is going to come next. Yep. Okay. Well, uh, guys, thanks for joining me once again on DC TV podcast. I really appreciate it. I think we'll probably do like one more before the end of the year. Maybe we could talk about our favorite moments. 
of the yeah. year mm-hmm. on CTV. Well, there's still a new Supergirl next week, right? Right. I was going to say in conjunction right. with the new Supergirl, since that yeah. wouldn't be enough for a full episode, we could talk about that, yeah. maybe some of our favorite moments from the other shows. And then I have been collecting bloopers um, this whole time. So I think I'll put oh, on no. a, a blooper episode sometime during the holiday break as well. Uh-oh. So that should be a lot of fun for everyone. Yeah. Especially for me, because I get to edit it all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think you're gonna have, need to have that bleep ready quite a bit. If yeah, think maybe some of the um, outtakes. <laughs> Could oh, be. Yeah. I am gonna be putting in the blooper reel though some of the uh, Frank Rincon episode, the lost episode of DC TV podcast. Ah. I was able to find some, you know, and fix some and, and make uh, recordable some of it. So I'll put some of that in there. Nice. Frank is awesome. Uh, HHWLOD.com is where we originate and where you should check out other great podcasts. We're doing a retrospective on the Star Wars movies in a preparation for that little movie you may have heard of called The Force Awakens. Uh, we are up to episode four, as some people call it. I just call it Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, Daryl's been on a few. I've been on a few. Chubb, are you going to be on the last one? Yeah, Chubb's busy. He's busy yeah. uh, running that tainted utopia. He's a mule. Exactly. He's pushing yeah. a lot of it out for the holidays. Swal- swallow those uh, condoms and, and mm-hmm. go across the border. But anyway, um, we're getting them all out before uh, The Force Awakens. We just recorded Empire the other day. So I think we're going to do Return sometime this week, probably Sunday. Yeah, I really wanted to be on Empire, and it just didn't work out. So Because yeah. that's my favorite of the six. So Did you want to talk about all those poor Imperial contractors? And Oh, yeah. yeah. That's the kind, of, kind of thing you have to do when you're in deal with when you're independent. But it comes contract. down to personal politics, you know. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, we, uh, but yeah, check those shows out. Walking Dead TV podcast. We just did the season finale not too long ago. Check that out. Uh, we got, uh, the, you know, the Whedonverse podcast is still plugging away over there. And, uh, we got the black box from Sean Pryor on the HHWLOD.com. Check it out. Once you've exhausted all those pods abilities, then head on over to the Taylor Network of Podcasts for a veritable spectrum of podcasting goodness, starting with. Nothing's on, which is uh, Daryl and myself and professional comedian Donnie Salvo. Yeah, and we just recorded our 200th episode, and it should be up by the time you listen to this. It will, I would think. Yes. So uh, our 200th episode was awesome. We had a lot of great emails. A lot of celebrities. Yes, there were a lot of. Oh man, so many celebrity. Oh my goodness! I cannot. I cannot believe it. You know, funny man Rich Little was there, and uh, Waylon Flowers and Madam. So many people. Stallone. Yeah, yeah. Frank Stallone. Even ones we didn't invite. Yes. Just showed up. Vanilla Ice was there. I did not invite him. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. uh, there's also No Apologies and the Comic Rack Snark Fest and Arts and Crap and uh, J.K.'s Happy Hour and the Wade's World and so many wonderful podcasts all emanating from the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Gerald Taylor, who honors me by uh, co-hosting this show with me every week along with the Chub Toadness. So until such time as we have another episode of DCTV next week... We are ghosts. There was Christmas Eve, babe, in the drunk tank. An old man said to me, Won't see another one. And then he sang a song. The rain.